0: I was really surprised at a couple of things. First, just how really bad this movie was. (laughs) Secondly, how much fun this movie was. (laughs) Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is The Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, today we're talking about the 1987 sci-fi horror comedy from Peter Jackson, Bad Taste. The movie was made on a budget of $25,000 filming on weekends over a four-year period until the New Zealand Film Commission invested about $375,000 U.S. to make sure this film was actually finished and and screened. Got a 71% freshness rating on Rotten Tomatoes. In 1989, it was... Shown at Cannes Film Festival and made back all of their money in the first week that it was in the marketplace.
1: Man, people are like begging for that comeback. You know, right? Like just right. Like,
0: oh, we need to make money off these movies. <laughs>
1: they did it without even trying. Back then,
0: it was uh, completely passed over in the 1989 New Zealand Film and TV Awards, which caused a reporter the next morning to ask if this film even needed to be made which would prompt me to ask the reporter, well, where's your movie?
1: Yeah. It's kind of like when uh, Metallica got snubbed for uh, Best Heavy Metal over Jethro Toll at one time at the Grammys. It's like, like, what, what is this? What, is, what are award shows? I mean, this... Yeah. This doesn't make any sense, you know?
0: Well, I mean, this was Peter Jackson's first movie. I mean, anybody who's ever done anything for the first time knows that that that's not going to be a masterpiece. And sometimes it's going to be pretty ugly. And that's exactly what we got here.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing to me. Uh, like the way he got away with some of the stuff that he pulls off in this movie. And he's like, he's a kid, you know, and then he gets out to Hollywood and starts just like kicking ass, taking names. And then, you know, he made Kong and, you know, we're still mad about that. <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> well see now so Kong makes a whole lot more sense now having seen this because yeah. before King Kong the only thing I'd heard of Peter Jackson about was well, Lord of the Rings and that was a cinematic masterpiece and then he turned around and, and cast Jack Black in a King Kong remake and yeah, I yeah. thought what the, what the hell? This guy's just completely lost his mind. No, no, he hasn't lost his mind. He's he's some he of his mind. roots. Yeah,
1: I've I followed this guy since I was a kid. And I've like seen all of his movies. Um, not all of them are great. Some some of them are real crap. Like Meat to Feebles, I can't watch that. It's sickening. But uh, this, what Brain Dead, the Frighteners. That was like his first big uh, American thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, w- that was great.
0: So the cast of this movie were mostly Peter Jackson's friends who worked without pay on this movie. Terry Potter as Ozzy only He's appeared in this film and a short documentary about the film.
1: Which is a great documentary. I highly uh, suggest that There's a
0: high recommendation. Yeah. Peter O'Hearn as Barry. Who also appeared in the 2010 film God of Vampires. Like Very cool. I, I like Barry. Yeah. Craig Smith is Giles, who had he had bit parts in about a half a dozen shows and made for TV movies in the nineties. He also appeared in the new NBC series Young Rock <laughs> about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Reminiscing about his childhood as he's preparing to run for president. Man. <laughs> yeah. That
1: sounds like the Andy Griffith show where it was like a space miner or whatever. Or, uh, um,
0: that, that was, uh, uh, Salvage One. Yeah. That was, that was a yeah. good show.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like a weird, cause that just came out, right? Or that's not even out. Yeah.
0: Yet. Yeah. That's so, like, yeah, that was, uh, new this spring. The guy's got a staying power, man. Still yeah. doing it. We got Peter Jackson as Derek and Robert the Alien, and Mm -hmm. also the 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 one handed minister in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah,
1: he's the uh, he's the government guy.
0: Everybody in this cast plays at least two roles.
1: Yeah, because they need a lot of aliens. So you just like how they do the aliens too. They're like dressed in jean shirt and jean pants, which is like uh, Australia, New Zealand—that's their prison getup.
0: Yeah, there's you know, there's definitely they're... an alien uniform. They are in denim pants and a blue button down shirt.
1: You get on the set and they like they give you a jeans and a shirt and they're like, "All right, go be an alien." And then like as soon as you get done with that, it's like, "All right, now oh, we need you to do this.
0: We need you to make yeah. this." It's kind of cool. Yeah. Finally, we've got Doug Wren as Lord Crumb. This is his only acting <laughs> credit, and he died soon after filming this movie.
1: Yeah, he's got a creepy voice. I like his voice.
0: He's got that classic crazy old man look, too.
1: Yeah. You know, if there was a,
0: a sinister old man that was going to take over the world, this is exactly what he would look like.
1: He's probably like, I don't know, just like some guy in Peter Jackson's neighborhood. He's like, man, that guy is so damn creepy. I gotta have probably.
0: Him. Yeah. I mean, he'd never done anything before or after. So we open the movie with a reel-to-reel tape recorder playing a recording of an emergency phone call. A frantic man's describing bright light in the sky, and then invaders start killing people. There's a gunshot, and the call goes dead. A shadowy figure, played by Peter Jackson, like I just said, with a prosthetic arm that has just one finger, um, Mm -hmm. is is pushing buttons, and (laughs) he's got a cigarette (laughs) tied to the end of the finger. With a (laughs) Band-Aid. Yeah. (laughs) A cigarette which he lights from a candle that's also hand-shaped, and the fingers are burning, and two of them have been kind of melted down.
1: Also, like, in the background, you can hear, like, his mother, like, complaining to him or something. Like, I don't know. It sounds like there's an old lady yelling at him right before he he presses play on that uh, cassette thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, a voice on the speakerphone offers to call out the military, but the shadowy figure says that the military might not be enough for this problem. This is a job for real men. And then he hits a speed dial button. He's got speed dial for the prime minister, the queen, his mom, and the boys. And we're going to call out the boys for this one.
1: Yeah, Uh, I love that. It's just the boys. It's the boys. yeah. What are we going to do about the alien invasion? I nah, was calling the boys. Don't even worry about it. We'll yeah, get the boys there. will like, take care him. of it.
0: We'll get the boys to handle it. <laughs> so we cut to a man on the street holding a charity donation envelope for an organization called BREAD, Beneficial Relief and Emergency Aid Division. And he has a giant, ancient walkie-talkie. Yeah. And he he's being followed by what... Could be described as a zombie with an axe, just a, a shambling man, like we described. The uh, he's wearing blue jeans and a blue button-down shirt, and he's just kind of shambling along behind the guy, not in any real hurry, but uh-huh. holding an axe.
1: To me, he comes off as like, uh, well, it's like it's a small, like, sheep village, right, out in like New Zealand. So right. he, he looks like right. like a local. I think that's what they're getting like. He's like this hillbilly out there. He's like, hey, right, look, look, man, I don't want any trouble from you. You know, I mean, we don't know. But that guy knows that he's not really, you know, a hillbilly on the few village. That he knows he's an alien because this guy's one of the boys, not the alien, but the, the guy that, you know, some guy to stay away.
0: Well, Derek tells him on the radio that he probably should kill the guy. Barry doesn't want to in case the guy's actually with the Ministry of Works. But Derek doesn't think he's with the Ministry of Works because he, he's moving way too fast.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Barry leads the zombie out towards the ocean and over some rocks. It's kind of weird there. They, they go from this street in a village that's overlooking the water to immediately down on the water.
1: They had to be real like uh, creative with the editing of this town. It is like a like, I don't know, kind of paradoxical uh, thing. But okay. I like that. It's like, it's like there's just like some bushes that they're walking through. And then the next thing you know, the camera does like this weird pan, pan over like a roof of a barn or something, a shack. And then, bam, they're on a beach.
0: Yeah, so Barry Barry decides, now i have got him out here by the water and he's still following me. I got to take this guy out. So he pulls out his gun and he starts shooting at the guy. But Barry's a terrible shot. Yeah. He missed several times. He finally shoots it in the head, and this was one thing that I didn't particularly care for about this movie. every time somebody gets shot in the head, whoever pulled the trigger is getting splashed in the face with ketchup,
1: yeah, and it's like watered down ketchup too yeah <laughs> uh
0: it, it's it doesn't look anything like fake blood it looks like it looks like uh, watered down ketchup,
1: yeah, also like um. Like, he pulls his gun out, and he starts shooting, and then, like, the guy comes over the radio and is like, I thought you were, like, left-handed, and then he switches hands and, like, <laughs> like kind of his guy, But he's still, like, shooting the axe, uh, the head of the axe and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, he does all that, and he shoots the alien in the head, and it explodes, leaving like, half a head. Right. And then, like, uh, you know, he gets squirted in the face with ketchup, and then it starts showing this, the brains which it to me looks like just
0: uncooked chicken.
1: It does. Falling, like, it looks like
0: uh, it looks like chicken skin.
1: Yeah, and like the the whole time that scientist guy is watching from the cliffside through binoculars, and then it cuts back to him after you know the brains and stuff fall over this guy's shoes, and the scientist guy's drooling. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's kind of weird. It's like that guy's sick. Derek. Derek got something wrong with him. That that's yeah, a fact. Uh, But yeah, I did like that. That was funny. Barry pulls out the gun. He's ready to fire with his right hand until Derek reminds him that he's left-handed. Oh, yeah, you're right, and changes hands with the gun. He forgot what his dominant hand was. Sorry.
1: These are the boys.
0: Well, Derek tells Barry to put some of the brains in a plastic bag for analysis. Barry's not doing it, and there's no need to take a blood sample either. He'll just wring out his pants.
1: But that's okay
0: if he doesn't do that, because they do have a live specimen hanging off of a cliff. They are outside the village of Kaihoro, and it is abandoned. This is the work of extraterrestrial psychos, apparently. And Derek warns Barry to watch out for friends of the alien that he killed. Barry's not too worried about that, though. He's not stupid. And then he immediately gets grabbed and pulled into a garage. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the way that happens is so uh i don't know like to me the the whole the boys team is kind of like a mix-up between the three stooges and the mark brothers yeah and barry's just got bad luck like totally like that's his whole thing the other two are kind of like you know i don't know a little bit more uh proficient in their job but this guy i mean not really though not really but like
0: It's kind of like if the trailer park boys did Magnum P.I.
1: Kind of. Yeah. But like Barry's (laughs) thing is like, he's so, I don't know, humdrum, you know, and he's not not really confident. So like he kind of like he always like it's like Barry's law, like Barry's law, like he's going to fuck it up.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Of course, that's going to happen.
0: Well, he loses his gun in the fight in the garage and he loses the the mic. Off of his radio. yeah. So not only does he no longer have a gun. He has a radio that he can't use anymore. But he does manage to get away. And aliens are chasing him. But he ducks into somebody's backyard. And doubles back. And manages to lose him. Next we cut to Frank and Ozzy. And they are in Frank's car. Listening to what they describe as elevator music for headbangers.
1: The whole soundtrack is just, like, generic 80s butt rock. Yeah. But it matches the tone and feel of the movie, so I'm for
0: it. Yeah, it it fits pretty well. Derek's bringing them up to speed, since they are also members of the Astro Investigation and Defense Service, otherwise known as AIDS.
1: I see why you would put them as the boys on your phone now. I mean, you don't want to, (laughs)
0: like,
1: like, I don't know. (laughs) Someone should, like, think these things out before they start putting that stuff on a T-shirt. I mean, that
0: maybe. yeah. Uh, well, Derek gives them a description of the alien they caught, and Ozzy thinks they caught a farmer. Derek's not sure because the guy's really crazy, which convinces Frank that they definitely got a farmer. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, nah, no, that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you just described a farmer, dude. As a sheep guy.
0: So this this alien is Robert, who is also played by Peter Jackson several months later. And this uh, the scene that that we're about to see was filmed actually several months apart and, and cut to get cut together. So it's it's Peter Jackson acting opposite several months older Peter Jackson.
1: Yeah, he's, he's pretty much fighting himself on a cliff. Yeah. And it, it, it got amazingly. It's it, I don't know how, oh, well, I know how they did it, but, like, uh, I don't know how I just buy into it every time. Like, he right. totally sells everything in the movies. Like, especially yeah, and, movie.
0: Yeah, and, you know, when he, he dyes his hair black or whatever, lets his hair grow out, grows a beard, he looks completely different. He does. Well, Derek starts taking his implements out of a little blue backpack, beginning with a knife that's way too long to fit in that bag.
1: That's like some D and D shit, like a like like a bag of holding. He's just got like everything in this
0: like, <laughs> magic bag. He also has in here his lunch and a hammer. He picks up the knife by the blade, and he's going to use that to to torture Robert. I mean, how how sharp can this knife be if he's pretty comfortable just grabbing it by the blade? Meanwhile, the alien crew has found Barry's hiding spot. Barry's hiding out in a shed. And and these aliens are, are walking around outside. They think they've, they know where. Well, Robert has a pitchfork. And he's going to jump out of the door and attack him with the pitchfork. Except he gets his shirt hung up on a hook behind him. And all he does is manage to yell. And then the door swings shut on him.
1: Like I said, he's totally like anything that can go wrong will go wrong with that guy. Right
0: completely in it. He means well, but that's about it. Oh yeah. Well they use one of the (laughs) the aliens need to get in this shed to get to Barry now. So they pick up the four of them pick up one of the fifth alien and they use his head as a battering ram and try to beat the
1: I got a theory on that. Um that alien stupid alien. So they're like we could use him as a battering ram.
0: (laughs) And he's dumb enough to go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, because like he was at the end of the line, he's kind of slow, right? So they're like, Yeah, we'll use him. Also, later on, we, uh, I'll, I'll explain why, but yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I was yeah, just like thinking they, they, about
0: they, that. There's a bit that's coming up that will definitely support your theory that this is the stupidest alien, in the bunch,
1: yeah. So, like, uh, they're about to batter the hell out of this like, little bitty shack door, you know,
0: right? And
1: uh, like, dude bears. This is about to get cooked, right? And right. then uh, it cuts back over to uh, the scientists uh, torturing the alien hanging off the
0: cliff. Yeah, Derek is up there. He's got his knife and his hammer. He's got this alien. He's got a rope tied around his ankle, and so this alien Robert is hanging off the cliff by his ankle. And Derek decides that since Robert won't tell him anything. He's just going to hammer this knife through Robert's foot. And and this was a decent effect. You know, he's got the shoe on. So he's actually hammering the knife through the shoe. But but the blood starts pouring out and the alien Robert just starts yelling. And it's a yell that carries some distance. Yeah. Aliens that were trying to batter the door down to get to Barry. They hear this this yell. And they decide they've got to go help. And so they all run off and they each grab a sledgehammer as they run past this patio. But when the battering ram alien gets there, all that's left is what looks like a little toy hammer. And that's good. We'll go with that. So, yeah, yeah that's totally definitely the dumbest of the bunch.
1: I thought like how they just like are like they hear the howl and then like one alien just starts handing out sledgehammers out of nowhere. Yeah. And they just all run past and grab it. And then yeah, like he grabs the biggest one and then the yeah, the dopey one. He picks up like yeah, a little rock hammer and he's like starts like walking off funny for the screaming. And then you go and then like Derek is still like tapping this blade into uh the alien's foot. And every time he does it, he's howling like a madman, like the alien is. Right. Kind of creepy, like he's kinda sadistic. It's it's weird, but it's like, I don't know. They're the boys. That's what they do.
0: Well, Barry recovers his gun, but he abandons his radio, which doesn't have a mic. And as he heads across the street and up the hill where the aliens went, he finds the mic from his radio. One of the aliens dropped it. So now he's got to go back and get his radio. Yeah. Yeah, more, More Barry's Law there.
1: But he's got he's got it now. He's got the radio, so he's like, "Hey, uh, there's dudes coming. You need to stop whatever the hell you're doing because it's setting them all.
0: Yeah, he tells Derek that the aliens are headed his way. So Derek goes back to his little backpack and pulls out uh, an AK-47 or an Uzi or some sort of automatic re- weapon.
1: Uh, I think they're supposed to be like uh, I don't know. So yeah, some kind of like small automatic, like uh, what do you call them? Submachine gun. Yeah. Uh Okay. Yeah. All the guns in this movie are nothing but like aluminum and wood.
0: Right. All of the gun props are homemade. There are some real guns, but they're firing blanks. So all the muzzle flash was added in post-production. Yeah. No actual gunfire.
1: Which is kind of cool in one part. They kind of really sell that as like, I don't know. I, I like it. I like, I like the whole kind of punk rock do-it-yourself attitude of this movie, though. Right. Peter Jackson. Yeah, I mean...
0: Definitely a homebrew movie.
1: Yeah. But yeah, this is
0: also the same guy who went on to help form the Weta Workshop, which does some of the most amazing movie props ever made.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you can really see, like, he, he's kind of always been a genius. You know, whatever... Cinematic crimes he does in the future—that's on him. But like he's—he got his bones.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know he's got his—he's got his Hall of Fame masterpiece movie, his Lifetime Achievement movie. He's got the amazing props that the folks at the weta Workshop put together. You can't take anything away from Peter Jackson and what he's done. But yeah. you can question his judgment on some of his movie picks.
1: I uh, I've seen meet <laughs> the people. So I'm questioning everything about that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, Derek's headed <laughs> to war <laughs> unless yeah, he Derek. busts his ass uh, slipping in sheep shit.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that that's a funny thing. He yeah, also yeah, he's really like unlucky too because like right before, like when he's trying to get the knife out of the alien's foot on the cliff, he, there's this awesome yeah. shot where he's about to fall, and then yeah, now he gets the gun out of his bag. He starts running into the woods. Toward, uh, back toward the i don't know wherever uh, barry's at and then he sees them you know the uh, aliens coming up the hill and yeah he slips he slips his cheap shit. i'll try saying that five times <laughs> uh,
0: yeah barry actually form, told man. Derek that he needed to run because the aliens were coming after him but Derek's don't run so yeah, yeah uh, he's gonna stand there. his ground he's gonna stand his ground And he starts taking out these aliens as they come out of the woods. But he does a really poor job of managing his ammunition. Um, He runs out of bullets, but there are more magazines loaded, but they're all in his little blue backpack. So he's got to run back over there to get that. He can't get it in time and an alien's headed towards him. So he just points the gun at him and starts making little <laughs> machine gun noises.
1: <laughs>
0: and the alien almost yeah, buys it.
1: Yeah, it's like some Bugs Bunny shit. Like,
0: totally sells it off. The alien doesn't
1: know what's going on, so he thinks he's, he's goner. And then he, like, like fix himself. He's like, wait a second. And, like, uh, yeah, he's like, hey, I got you. And then, like, makes it to his bag. Loads the cliff real quick, and then lets the alien have it still making the gun
0: noise. Still making the machine gun noises, and that was the best part of that bit right there. Yeah. Now, the alien falls on him, so he just shoves his gun through the alien's belly, using the dead alien as a shield, as he takes out the next two to arrive. The last aliens arrive while he's reloading, and he decides to run. He's going to try to jump over this, but apparently... In addition to Derek's not running, Derek's can't jump either,
1: yeah, he just uh,
0: falls over the fence. The alien jumps over it just fine.
1: I think they're like made of a lighter material' Cause like that gun like went through that alien pretty. you know well, like I mean he shot him up it. pretty
0: seriously,
1: yeah, but uh, eventually you know he can't he can't hold him off you know he's he's like you know got this weight on him and stuff, and they're running, uh, but he does take down most
0: of them. The two aliens are chasing Derek with a sledgehammer, and one of the sle- one of them manages to knock Derek's ammunition from him and off. And, uh, Derek heads down the cliff to recover his ammo and ends up hanging by a rope. This is the same rope that he had Robert tied up with, but the end of the rope has been cut, and Robert's nowhere around.
1: <laughs> he, he, like, all this shit happens, and um, there's, there's, like, this tiny like really funny, like uh three stages bit where like, they're trying to hit him with the hammer. Right. And then, uh, yeah, he's over there and he falls and he's like, Oh crap. Uh, you know, I can't believe I survived that. And then it's like, Oh wait, there was something on there in his throat. Cause he, he like just, kicked, cause he was yeah. like just inches from the freight end. And he's like, what, what happened? And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so cartoony and stuff like this whole bit.
0: Well, Derek finally gets his gun loaded and he shoots one alien. While he's holding on to a tuft of grass, that alien drops his hammer backwards, which smashes into the other alien's head. So all the aliens are dead now. All Derek has to do is keep from falling off this cliff. And that's when Robert comes out of hiding and pushes Derek off the cliff, and he lands with a splat.
1: That dummy is, I mean... And it is a dummy. But the way they do it, for like, one, it's holding the same pose as when he went off that cliff. I thought that was
0: awesome. So many times you see these ragdoll dummies just flopping around and being as obviously fake as they can possibly be. And this one wasn't nearly that bad.
1: Yeah, no, it didn't get uh, ragdoll as, you know, until, like, the end of the thing. And then even then, it's like, it's right before it hits this rock and they got the camera pointed perfectly at this rock, and you just right. get this blood right. splat come up, like this nice floosh. It was perfect. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's had the dummy had to have some kind of skeleton or something. I know that, but, like, it, the way they pull it off is a great shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So we cut back to Giles as he arrives in Kaihara. He is masquerading as a priest. And he's going around collecting these little donation packets for bread. Meanwhile, Frank and Ozzie are setting up a barricade that says the road has been closed due to nuclear contamination. Ozzie wonders, you know, if they're going to buy this. So uh, since the nearest nuclear reactor is in the United States and they're in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, man.
1: No, It's like it could have been like, you know, a submarine on the coast or something.
0: Well, Barry gets a hold of the, of Frank and Ozzie and lets him know that Derek's dead. Ozzie's only real concern is who is going to take care of Derek's birds. And this is when we see a shot of seagulls pecking at Derek's corpse. Man, he
1: really loved those birds. It's like the only thing he ever <laughs> loved, you know, was those birds. And then it's like he goes back and like just, they're just pecking at his eyes and stuff. Yeah,
0: they're, they're just eating him. <laughs> yeah. Well, back in Kaihora, Giles is going from house to house, unless there's a dog. <laughs> he comes around the yeah. house and he sees that dog. And, no, nope, I'm just going to turn and go the other way now.
1: There's so many times I've had to deal with that Screw them <laughs> dogs. I mean, I like dogs and stuff. But when you're, you know, like on the clock, I don't know that messes with a dog's mind. You know, they're like, I'm going to fuck with this guy because he's got to work. You know, and it's like, ah. Uh.
0: So Giles is is walking away from this dog and he comes upon Robert and Robert has a spoon and he's eating the brains out of the head of the alien that Barry shot earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just marshmallows and strawberry syrup, which makes it even better.
1: But it's that's so cool because, I mean, for one, he steps on a dog and he's like, as after he's already scared of that one barking dog and then right yeah he's he this guy over in the bushes just set up and you can tell fell, it's just a dummy with a head turned right. into a bowl but they sell the shit out of that i mean it's so cool but yeah then, yeah uh, robert grabs the machete and he takes off and like his foot's still messed up from being like stabbed uh-huh. so giles got that like good lead on him but like he's like running at him like kind of like i don't know like some kind of Monsters from a 50s movie he's doing
0: he's doing a zombie run and a lot of them were doing zombie walks and and zombie runs through this whole movie yeah giles giles is done he's getting out of here he heads back to his car robert is chasing him he gets into his car but the car won't start
1: what's above
0: robert's got the knife that Derek was trying to hammer into his foot and uh, he's trying to stab Giles through the car window, but Giles rolls the window up on his hand. And that causes him to drop the knife. And eventually, Giles gets the car started and pulls off very slowly. And Robert's got his hand stuck in the window, but he's running along beside the car. No problem. And then Giles realizes, oh, yeah, I got to release the parking brake and then we can actually go. Yeah. And like, he's well, know, finally it, it's, gone. Yeah,
1: that's kind of funny. But, like, you know, in that situation, anybody had done that. But, like, I, right. I love that little kind of cartoon scoop sound. That it, I don't, I mean, they they do make that sometimes. But, like, that, that was a little bit too cartoony. Like, there's, like, Mario Kart or something. It just, like, kind of takes <laughs> off. They had to do that in editing, you know?
0: Cut to Ozzy reading Soldier of Fortune magazine while Frank updates his timesheet.
1: <laughs> like, uh, obviously, he's like this cool guy, you know, like wild hair with a leather jacket and like a tail from the like, crib t shirt. Like, he's kind of like, you know, the, the fun loving guy, kind of like Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: the other one's like, you know, all serious and stuff. Like, you know, he's always got like a half a cigarette out of his mouth or a cigar. Right. Each one of these guys, they like, they're not actors, but they really, you get a like, that whole character, just like in their little interactions, you can see that whole personality.
0: Yeah. Barry radios, Barry radios that he thinks he's found something. Robert is still chasing Giles as he runs toward a big house. Giles makes the house as Robert tries to get his knife from the car. He's beaten on the door, and a guy answers the door wearing shorts and an apron and a chef's hat. And that kind of freaks Giles out even more. <laughs> Robert grabs a rock and smashes the car window to get his knife. And when Giles turns to see what the hell that was, the guy in the chef hat whacks Giles on the head with a mallet. These I love these that, guys it. love their hammers. <laughs> yeah, and
1: also that that shot where he hits him and, and the turnaround—that's totally reminiscent of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Like the timing and the way they did the camera was like just totally like an homage to like Toby Hooper and stuff.
0: Yep. And Barry radios Frank and Ozzie that they've got trouble and Frank and Ozzie head toward the house. Giles wakes up in a barrel of water with an apple taped to his mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's I mean, he's got like the the apple stuck in his mouth, but then he's got packing tape wrapped around yeah. his head securing this apple to his face
1: That's more for looks really because like he's totally like he's mostly holding that apple in his mouth you know that tape, tape yeah just for, like but uh yeah they, they pulled it off i mean they they could have got some duct tape i got and duct they, tape but uh
0: they probably pulled off a bunch of his hair too when they took that tape off
1: I uh, i've noticed his mustache gets a little bit smaller after that <laughs>
0: Now, there's a bunch of vegetables floating in the barrel. You know, he's he's just there marinating. Robert is teasing him with his knife, and more aliens come in, along with Lord Crumb, the old man alien, who explains that he's soaking in Reg's 11 herbs and spices because they're going to eat him tomorrow.
1: 11 herbs and spices? That's like KFC, isn't
0: it? yes. Seems human flesh is the newest fast food taste sensation on their planet. And they're going to indulge a bit.
1: Went in wrong, right?
0: Yeah. After they leave, Robert gets Reg to sharpen his knife for him. And as he leaves the room, Reg, as Reg leaves the room, he makes this throat cut gesture to Giles. Well, Robert apparently is not much smarter than the battering ram alien because he decides to mimic the little throat cut gesture except he uses his knife and actually cuts his own throat with.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think in the credits they're listed as class three aliens. Like those, yes. the aliens in class three aliens. I think class three aliens are like the yeah stupid foot soldiers.
0: They're they're morons. They are yeah. There's there's no overstating the stupidity of class three aliens.
1: F troop aliens. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody gets F troop anymore. But Google it on the beach. Yeah, Google
0: it. <laughs> Google Google Nick at night in the nineties. Oh man. <laughs> don't do that. You'll be you get stuck in a time loop. <laughs> back on the beach. Derek isn't dead. We discover as he wakes up and headbutts a seagull. <laughs> I thought he loved birds. He does, uh, but not when they're pecking at him. Apparently, yeah.
1: that kind of reminds me uh, when, like, uh, Conan like just headbutted that vulture at one time. <laughs> it's like that. It's like I'm not dead yet. So yeah, he totally like headbutts a seagull, and like it's it's totally a fake seagull when he headbutts it. But then that's right. all the other seagulls like we're getting the hell out of here.
0: Yeah. And he yeah. starts,
1: like, like you know, touching the back of his head. And he's like, it he comes back. It's all bloody crap.
0: Yeah, Derek survived because he landed on a nest of seagulls. And squashing them broke his fall <laughs> somewhat. But he did smack the back of his head on the rock and busted it open. And, well, a little flap falls open. And he starts having a seizure.
1: Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. That whole head flap thing. Uh, but it, uh, it's
0: crazy it's it's just like chicken skin and and j- just raw chicken stuck in, in yeah there. And a it piece of his like brain, brain of his... fell out but he picks that up and sticks it back in and closes the flap and walks off holding the back of his head shut
1: yeah like like that brain is just going to grow back or something you know it's like a finger if you sew <laughs> it back on it
0: well, I'm I mean, it's say, just yeah. pieces, right? And if you put the piece back in the place where it belongs, everything works, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. They got better health but
1: <laughs> yeah, it like it kind of figures out into like if you're like if you grew up on like Looney Tunes cartoons or something, it's been, yeah, this totally makes sense. I buy it.
0: Yeah, definitely a Looney Tunes moment there. Back to Barry Frank and Ozzy. Uh, they're making a plan to break into the house after midnight. Derek makes it to his hidden car and he he's got his car hidden under some uh, under some tree branches right off the side of the road in a very Scooby-Doo fashion.
1: Yeah, I like Um, his uh, his secret mobile or his secret agent mobile.
0: Yes. Well, he gets a hat out of his car and puts that on to hold his head shut. Meanwhile, Frank gives Ozzy the key to get their weapons out of the trunk, and Ozzy is excited.
1: His eyes light up like a Christmas tree.
0: Their plan is to get in quietly and get out quietly with lots of firepower.
1: I don't know. That makes sense. Hit them hard, hit them fast.
0: Yes. Well, they get changed into their sneaky gear. They've got to remain faceless in case they kill a bunch of innocent people. And they can only use violence when there is a threat to Earth or the moon. Or the moon.
1: Or the moon. Don't forget the great moon wars of the 70s. (laughs) Well,
0: that night in the house, Robert watches Lord Crumb change from his alien form into his human form. And then Lord Crumb comes out to address all of the aliens there at the base of the stairs. They are blasting off for their home planet tomorrow. But until that happens, they must remain in human form, no matter how uncomfortable or embarrassing it is. Outside, the guys are synchronizing their watches, including Ozzy, who is synchronizing his imaginary watch. <laughs> they show Frank's watch. They show Barry's watch. They show Ozzy's wrist with no watch on it.
1: I like Ozzy. He's cool, man.
0: <laughs> Ozzy's a lot of fun. Then they sneak into the house. Where they find stacked boxes that are leaking blood. The floor yeah. is really slick here. So Barry does the only thing that makes sense. He grabs a mop and starts cleaning up. That's funny
1: as shit. They they both uh both the, the hardcore guys, they almost flip and bust their asses twice. And like yeah, so I was like, I can't I can't deal with this. But so like he removes his mask and grabs like just a mop. Cause they're like in the kitchen or something. He just starts to mop in the blood, which is making it worse. He's just, spreading the <laughs> but like Barry, he's always trying to be helpful. I don't know. And they see, yeah, the, the blood is like a bunch of boxes in this other room. Yeah. Just like with a core and this all over it.
0: Right. It, back in the hallway, Lord Crumb is explaining to the aliens that tonight they need to clean the house, vacuum everything, get all the boxes in the freezer so that they have samples of human flesh to present to the fast food authority. The people of Kaihora, the people of this village, are now chopped up and stored in those boxes.
1: Yeah. Apparently, uh, you can fit, like, a whole town in, like, Twelve or thirteen boxes, if you cut them in our, like patties, yeah. And that's yeah it.
0: well, it's it's all about you know making the pieces fit together and and, and condensing all that space.
1: Oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> like then, like uh, like this like this really weird toothless alien comes into where the boys are.
0: Right, an alien walks into the room and surprises them. They're trying to shut him up. And not doing a great job. And in trying to shut up this alien, Ozzy rips his head off, complete with thrashing spine predator style.
1: Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, That was a good effect. Good puppet. Like, uh, because the face is totally moving the whole time. Still yelling. Right. As as the things move around. So that, that was a great, like, little thing they did there. And then, uh, well, this, this
0: really oh. pisses Barry off because he just mopped that part of the floor. Yeah. He's kind of yelling at,
1: uh, what's his name? The, like the leader He's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I just plain that. And then like, he's like, ah, screw this. And he ripped the spinal cord part off and then just kicks it out the window. Like a yeah. soccer ball.
0: Yeah. Pretty sweet kick right through the window. Um, Frank decides that he's going to disguise himself as the alien. So he puts on the jeans and the blue button down shirt. And, you know, oddly enough, ripping someone's head off will not get blood on the collar of the shirt. I didn't know that. I know that now. Thank you, Peter Jackson.
1: Also, he's like, like that guy, that alien is like a skinny little alien. And like, that's a perfect fit shirt for this guy.
0: I mean, it's kind of big
1: or it's kind of awkward because he's got that uh, bulletproof vest on or something. But yeah, he he just.
0: (laughs) Well, Frank disguises himself as the alien. He heads out into the main hall. He's got the big glass bowl that the other alien was carrying. This is actually a company meeting for Crumb's Crunchy Delight. And. In order to avoid further trouble, all of the aliens will be given AK-47s. The human meat is supposed to help them take out a competitor of theirs who has been serving fried moon rats.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, they they grab uh, Derek and they make like a battering ram. Or not Derek. Uh, what's they name? grab
0: Robert, Robert and they yeah. do carry him like he's going to be a battering ram, but. Instead, they're just holding him over the bowl that Frank is carrying while he pukes up a bunch of green slime into it. It looks like the stuff that I put in my lawnmower tires to keep it from going flat.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It looks like uh, it has a consistency of chili. But yeah, it's like Nickelodeon green. It's gross. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the
0: biggest bowl of biggest, nastiest bowl of pistachio pudding ever.
1: Yeah, it's gross. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Lord Crumb grabs the bowl and he drinks a big drink of it and then all the aliens pass it around until it gets to Frank. Frank's supposed to take a drink. He's not sure he wants to drink some alien puke but he, he steals himself and then he takes a taste discovers it's not bad and goes back for a bigger a bigger taste than the before.
1: Yeah, he's making his uh, face like he's about to like I don't know, it's like the it's full of dogs or something and he's like you know it's like uh you know wine and stuff and then he, he takes like a little stuff, and he makes that you know hey not bad and he starts gulping it down and they have and to take has, the bowl, bowl away off. from him at that point yeah it's like hey hey hey, there's like 40 people in this room dude you can't do that yeah and the
0: and the fun part is that ozzy is watching from hiding while this is happening and frank gets back to the guy's he says, Oh man, you won't believe what they're doing out there. And Ozzy goes, Huh, let me guess. Uh, do you have to drink some puke? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't even lie about it, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's a little puke. Wasn't that bad.
0: <laughs> then we see an exterior shot of the house while Lord Crumb is doing the Waltons thing, going from room to room, telling everyone goodnight. Night, John boy. Night, Elizabeth. Night, Mary <laughs> Ellen. Yeah, we we are so old. Nobody is gonna. Nobody's gonna get this.
1: I don't know, like everybody does that bit, like Family Guy and shit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what our like listeners sci-fi. are
0: gonna do. They're gonna go. What, what are they talking about? The Waltons? That's from the Family Guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's his name, John boy. He was in a bunch
0: of crappy sci-fi movies, so. He was in the original It. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, and he was in some other sci-fi thing um, with a guy you know, called the Space Cowboy or something. Yeah, that, I can't that, can't that was uh, Battle was. Beyond the Stars. Oh, that okay. Hannibal
1: from 18 as the Space Cowboy. And... Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, that movie's great.
0: Giles wakes up as somebody approaches him with a knife. He's still sitting in his bucket of vegetables with his apple taped to his face. Somebody cuts the apple off of his face. It turns out to be Frank and Ozzie. And Frank is checking doors and leading Giles and Ozzie and Barry out of the house. So Giles has been rescued. We're going to try to get out of here. And suddenly it's morning. It was nighttime just a second ago and it's daylight now.
1: So like as soon as they open that door out of that basement, it's like the sun came up with a vengeance.
0: Well, the aliens are patrolling outside, and they're they're all armed. And so the gang heads upstairs to check some doors. They find an open door, and inside are two aliens playing patty cake. Not Roger Rabbit style; they're actually playing patty cake. So they freeze as an alien appears downstairs the alien suspects that there's something going on. And so he's going to sneak around and take a shot. But Frank shoots him first. And now there's no more sneaking. It's full on assault time.
1: Yeah. Uh, from like this point on, this is like the climax of the whole movie. It's like, this is like final showdown time. So it's just going to be a bunch of shooting, uh, squibs going off in dirt. It gets crazy yeah. from here on out.
0: Ozzy takes out the two aliens that were playing patty cake. Um, Some more come from outside and Frank picks them off in the doorway. Ozzy and Giles are sneaking through the house and there's an alien in a bowler hat and he's just getting drunk. He tries to take a shot at Ozzy, but Ozzy shoots him in the head, leaving the funniest blood spatter in the entire movie.
1: He looks like Peter Lorre or something in a bowler hat. It's weird. Yeah. He's like the weirdest
0: alien they got there. And when he falls over to the side, there's this perfectly round spot in the middle of the blood splatter that's completely clear, completely clean. Don't know what was supposed to happen there, but um, it it came out kind of funny. He slumps down and the blood from the bullet wound is pouring out of his head into his whiskey glass. Yeah. Remember Derek? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He wakes up to the sound of a seagull, which... Craps on his face. He's passed out on the ground next to his car. That gets him up. And so he takes off in the car. You mentioned his little spy car, which is kind of awesome. It's got a really high seat in it with the steering wheel and a windshield up high. Down where the normal windshield would be is a cardboard cutout of the Beatles in their Sergeant Pepper costume.
1: I don't know. It's like, what would you call it? Like it's like some kind of like Australian spur station wagon or something or a work van like a mini work van or something it's weird
0: it is called a Morris Minor and it's a British economy car that debuted in London in 1948 it was the first British car to sell over a million units and is considered a classic example of automotive design they made these things right up until 1971, or those are, 16 years before this movie was,
1: yeah, it was like an old thing. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't know. I like most
0: of them looked very much like the Volkswagen Beetle, but
1: boxier, yeah, like way boxier.
0: They made a wood framed estate car, a panel van, and a pickup truck.
1: Well, this is definitely panel van style,
0: yeah yeah definitely it
1: is, it's got weirdo written all over it with uh matching <laughs> beetle driver thing. That,
0: that explains why derek is driving it but yeah he's yep. sitting way up high looking through the top windshield and he's got a steering wheel up there and as he turns the steering wheel well that turns john lennon's steering wheel down below uh, it, it it's pretty it's just goofy yeah well, two of the gang back at the house are taking out all of the aliens in the yard. Inside, Lord Crumb has found for himself the cutest little pistol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While the boys finish off all the aliens outside, Frank's being pinned down by a sniper that he can't find. thinks it's coming from a pine tree, so he just opens fire on the pine tree. And then aliens just start dropping out of the branches. Like eight of them fall out of the branches. It's like slowly. the entire cast of the movie. Very slowly. You hear them crash. And then they just very, very casually drop from that bottom branch.
1: Like one guy dropped. Right. And he's like, oh, well, that must have been the sniper. I got him. Great. You know, and then another guy dropped. It's like, damn. Well, no and then Two more. Then two more. And then finally there's just like a guy kind of halfway hanging out of the tree with blood on his shirt. It's like <laughs> these guys are stupid. <laughs> I just took all these guys that were like <laughs> one clip. I thought, you know, I thought it was gonna be hard.
0: Meanwhile, Ozzy and Giles are up on the balcony and they take out another alien in the woods. Um, they run into Reg. Reg knocks Ozzy's gun out of his hands, and so now we have a fist fight slow-mo amateur fistfight style yeah this movie like they had the fight choreographer there for about 10 minutes and never really got up to full speed with the fight
1: yeah it's like the movie's great right but there's like these little parts like where it's like just kind of like just i don't know it feels wonky or uh like not as uh oh man what's the word
0: imagine you know some of those old sword fights or not even the old ones some of them from like uh, Hercules or Xena where the yeah. guy is swinging his sword slowly so that his opponent will have plenty of time to block it, because that this fight's supposed to go on for a while.
1: Yeah, it's clunky, and it's like yeah. it's like sucks because yeah. like when they're doing the whole shooting thing, they're like taking people out. It feels like a Rainbow Six, like video game or something. They're like really choreographed and all that. Yeah, and then it gets to like a hand-to-hand combat situation, and it's just like awkward as hell. And it's like a lot of uh, quick cuts to like nobody, you know, like the camera takes place of a person and he's just like swinging the machete and then cuts back to them, like holding still. And then like they try to swing around and it's just yeah. as clunky as hell right there.
0: More aliens show up to back up Reg. One of them puts the gun to Giles's head to make sure that he stays out of the fight. And another one grabs Ozzy from behind. Reg swings the machete at Ozzy. But Ozzy flips over his captor's head, and Reg's knife just splits the alien's belly open. This was, it's a fun gag, but if you're going to use a foam latex prosthetic, paint it.
1: Yeah, it just looked like they cut open a pillow.
0: Yeah, it just looked like foam rubber carved to look like intestine, and Uh, had some fake blood splashed on it.
1: It's pretty cool. Like he just like kind of leapfrogs backwards. The the chef guy totally cuts him in half, and then the chef guy runs at him, and he just like lifts the big fat chef guy over his shoulder, and like, he's like yeah. kind of shrugs with yeah. like I I guess that's that.
0: The stunt is great. The gag is great. I just didn't like that um that prosthetic appliance. It looked half.
1: Yeah. Well, he he like made all these masks and all the like prosthetics and stuff in his mom's oven.
0: He did. Every one of the foam. So if you don't know how foam latex prosthetics work, they start by making a clay sculpture of of what the finished prosthetic is going to look like. Then they form a cement mold over that, which they pour the foam latex into and then bake it in an oven. And they say he baked it in his mom's oven. All of, the, all of the foam latex masks and prosthetics were baked in his mom's oven, which sounds horrifying until you realize that in the 1970s and 80s, we could get shrinky dinks, which were plastic that you could color on with magic marker, then put them on your mom's cookie sheet and put them in the oven and they would shrink up and make Christmas tree ornaments.
1: Yeah. Uh, I spent fifty dollars on Shrinky Dinks one time.
0: <laughs> How many Shrinky Dinks do you get for fifty dollars?
1: Uh, uh, all of the uh, Shrinky Dinks. Yeah, I got a bunch of doubles one year, double presents for Christmas, and we had to exchange them, and we had to go to take them to Hill because that's where the toys are, and uh, right. they did not give me the money back. So they gave me in store credit, and uh, yeah, I, I spent fifty dollars on Shrinky Dinks. I was like eight, <laughs> nine years old. <laughs> Uh, I had like every one of them, like Ghostbusters, J.I. Joe, that had the whole nine yards, man. But uh,
0: Oh yeah. man.
1: I think my dad whooped my ass. $50. You need shoes. <laughs> like, why are <do> you buying a cookie You little, he used to call me dog ass. It was weird.
0: You little dog ass. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> oh man. So when you, when you hear that story, Cooking prosthetics in your mom's oven doesn't sound quite so strange anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, it folks, they had to like cook out for like, I don't know, four years because he took over a kitchen or whatnot, but he uh, you knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. I'm sure he cleaned everything.
0: Well, Derek finally arrives at the house and he ends up dancing. His bullets are hitting near <laughs> his feet. I'm uh, not sure who's shooting at him. Somebody's shooting really close. A bullet shoots his hat off, and that's bad that allows his head flap to pop open, and then he just falls on the ground and has another seizure, yeah
1: <laughs> well like the the guy up on the, the in the, at the house he's shooting over the cliff, right, so like every time right. he misses the alien, yeah it's, it's going toward the beach, and like you know derek's dancing like uh like some gangster movie. <laughs> And then just like so he's in the an old timey saloon, yeah. And it just what so happens? The last trigger shave just like takes his hat off and uh, totally messes up his tourniquet uh, or whatever.
0: Yep. Well, another alien has taken Giles and is going to execute him in the yard. But Ozzy is hanging out on the balcony. Apparently, Reg just went away after he killed the other alien. Um. So Ozzy's hanging off the balcony, and this alien that has Giles doesn't see him. He shoots the alien in the head, saving Giles. And when Ozzy comes down, another alien gets the drop on him. And there's a standoff until Frank comes up behind the alien and shoots him. Cut to Derek's bouncing car. Now, this confused Mm me because there are no women in this movie at all. But the car's bouncing like, uh, like, like maybe Derek found his girlfriend somewhere.
1: Or a seagull or something, I don't know. Or a seagull.
0: <laughs> he loves the Turns birth. out he's turns out he's still having a seizure and his foot is stuck on the bumper and that's what's shaking the whole car.
1: Yeah. I don't know, when they cut to that thing, that whole scene, it's you see the car shaking and then it pans from like um Paul McCartney's ooh face over to <laughs> him laying on the ground. <laughs> and then yeah, he's like having a seizure, but he kinda like he's kind of conscious so he tries to like fix his situation so he takes his belt off right yeah and then he, he puts it on his he wraps it on his head and he pulls it tight and you know he cinches and he, he gets like you know a true tourniquet at that point you know right doesn't have to worry about he's looking around
0: off. to see if any of his brain fell out while his head flap was open uh, he discovers that some of his brain did fall out but he doesn't find that out until after he steps in it so That's ruined. We're not going to put that back in now.
1: Yeah. He just lost so many IQ. Like, there there went, like, grade school right there. He just stepped
0: on. The rest of the guys are going up some stairs when shots ring out. There's a barrel sitting across the yard. Just an (laughs) old rusty barrel. And that must be where the shots came from. So they all open fire on this barrel, and then they stop shooting. And a dead alien tumbles over sideways from behind the barrel.
1: I love that gag. It reminds me of that Monty Python skit where they just blow up bushes in the countryside. Yeah, they're, they're like, you know, hey, uh, there's two people hiding in this place. Guess where they're at? And then they blow up two bushes. <laughs> they were there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Where they're at?
0: Well, Derek's driving again. He spots an alien and runs him down, cutting him in half, but not killing him. I love this. Uh, yeah, Derek gets out is. of the back, gets out of the car. He's he's kind of wrecked the car. He's run into a tree, or something. he gets out and he opens up the back of the car, and there's there's a a, a keypad there that looks suspiciously like a Casio solar calculator. Oh yeah, and uh, it uh, opens up a compartment with a chainsaw. He's going to use this chainsaw to finish off the alien torso that's sitting on the ground beaming him with pine cones
1: i love that part where he, he opens it up it's like and it like all of a sudden like hits it and it cuts back to him and he's got that creepy drool yeah they're like selling so this part there's not something wrong with this guy and then yeah he picks up the chainsaw and he stumbles over to this guy and the guy's like looking at his guts like well there goes my weekend and um yeah, he just he like looks up at Derek and picks up a pine cone and like just starts wailing on him with
0: it. <laughs> just throwing pine cones at him. It's, you mentioned Monty Python earlier. This is your Black Knight moment. Oh, yeah. But instead of hurling insults, he's hurling pine cones.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Derek like threw that, and he just walks off. He's like, this guy's you know, no threat. <laughs> so he just drags his chainsaw up the hill.
0: Back at the house, the shootout continues. Lord Crumb sneaks out of the house with his pistol. Uh, He kind of old man runs out behind a bush and tries to shoot Barry, except, well, he doesn't have any bullets in his gun. (laughs) You would have thought as long as it's taken him to get out here, he would have checked that. Uh, Barry still can't hit anything. He's a terrible shot with a handgun and a crowd of aliens start chasing him. So he switches weapons and drops every one of them as they run around the corner of the house.
1: Like, switch weapons, switch hands, you know, maybe, you know, like he's better, more proficient with that weapon. You think I he
0: forgot he was left-handed again? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's fair. <laughs> Lord Crumb is very slowly reloading his pistol. Another alien runs up and takes Barry down. He gets, he's got an axe that he's going to try to kill Barry with. But Barry reaches a machete and just splits the alien's head open. Another really good effect.
1: Yeah. uh, It's like, uh, it's just a piece of like cardboard, with like some popsicle sticks with like right. the dome with a head cut out and like a little blood pipe.
0: Well, Robert comes back. He uh, is headed for Barry and Barry just slings his machete and <laughs> pins Robert to a post right through his throat with the machete.
1: Yeah, that's a good scene. And then uh, it, it, yeah, like it I like he's like uh he's got that AK forty seven in his hand, so he just starts pointing it, but he's accidentally like shooting at the old guy, and the old guy's like, what the hell?
0: Right. And, like, Robert to- accidentally shoots Lord Crumb, and apparently the pain and trauma of being shot is enough to force Lord Crumb to revert back to his true alien form. Now we get to see the mass that Peter Jackson was cooking in his mom's oven for so long. That's a cool
1: transformation scene because first it's like that old guy with a bunch of bladders or something like, you know, it was a mask, but it's like it's all like, you know, getting bubbly. And all of a sudden, yeah, the shoulders come out of the shirt and he does like the incredible Hulk chain and then he stands up. And then, yeah, they they look like the Vorgons from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide the Galaxy is what they remind me of. Everybody's kind of stooped over and they got like bug butts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, like Incredible Hulk, you know, they bust out of the shirt, but only at the shoulders. Um, The Incredible Hulk, every time he hulked out, it was the cuff of his pants that got tore up. But these guys, they just bust out the ass of their pants.
1: Yeah, so all their pants looks like a cat. Yeah. Kind of funny.
0: Well... When Lord Crumb reverts back to his alien form, that's cue for all the aliens to abandon their human forms and go back to looking like they normally look with their shoulder pads and butt pads. They chase the boys through the woods to their car and the boys get away.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: another alien shoots up the car, but Ozzy takes him out and uh, they're, they're driving off towards the woods when the car overheats. So the boys all take off on foot. Ozzy's got an idea, though. He's going to go back, and he's going to take out these aliens. So Frank gives him the keys, and he goes back. There was a box early on that Ozzy started to take out of the trunk of the car, and Frank told him, no, we're not going to need that. Well, Ozzy's gone back to get that box. Hell yeah. What's in that What's in that box? Big old bazooka.
1: Yeah. It, and if uh heartache in Hawaii has taught us anything is when in doubt, get the bazooka out. Cause get the, yes, there's a
0: t-shirt.
1: We, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's grinning ear to ear man- maniacally. And just, uh, he takes his gun at this point the, the aliens have come up on like, Oh man, that part. So like he gets the bazooka thing out. Right. And he takes it over to this bush and right then two aliens walk by him behind by the bush, they don't even see them. They just see the car. So the aliens get into the car, right? And they're screwing around. They're like grabbing the steering wheel. It's like two kids, like when they play in their parents' car, and they shouldn't. Yep. And one of them actually turns around. They're
0: pretending to drive.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of cute, but he turns <laughs> the radio, and it freaks them out because it starts blaring like air metal. Right. And when uh, Ozzy shoots the lock off the the uh, bazooka box, gets it out aims it at the car you know and um man, i love this effect where they they actually have a like a little bazooka shell like again all the guns are fake
0: right. it has a
1: little bazooka shell on a string and it just goes to the car and boom you get like a nice big explosion. huge
0: explosion i love that explosion that was the best effect of the whole movie hell yeah uh that's kind of sad too because that was a sweet Ford.
1: I don't know what the hell that was, but it's like a <laughs> nice purple muscle. And yeah, they blow the hell out of it. So I'm like, uh, sheets filled, you know, out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Frank, uh, like, that
1: was my car. And like he feels it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that hurt. Frank sends Barry and Giles to call for help. He's going to go after Ozzy. Crumb thinks the boys have been blown up. So he's going to prepare the house to blast off from Earth, but Ozzy's got other plans and he fires another RPG at the house, blowing a massive hole in the side of it, but not actually hurting anybody.
1: Yeah, he takes the corner off the rocket pretty much. Or er, yeah. the, the house is a spaceship, he takes like off like a thing, so it's like, I don't know, they're like too far that room so it didn't you know but they felt it and they're like what the hell yep and then frank comes up right as he's exploding and Ozzy's about to shoot it again and he's like nah man they they could be anywhere in there we got to get up up close and we got to make sure we kill these guys
0: so frank and ozzy head to the house ozzy leaves the rpg but he picks up another weapon as he goes, and then he stops to upgrade that weapon from a, a dead alien in the yard. He, he might actually upgrade it again later on. Derek has arrived with his chainsaw and goofy tactical jumping. You know, he's jumping from across the, the gravel path and he's jumping from bush to bush. He's gonna, he's gonna Rambo these guys.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like in. Uh... National Lampoon's Animal House, where they're about to steal that horse, whatever. Yes. And Pluto's like trying to dun 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 You know, he gets up
0: to the house, and rather than opening the door like a sane person will do, he takes his chainsaw, steps to the side of the door, and starts cutting a hole in the wall to get into the house.
1: A Derek shaped hole.
0: A Derek shaped hole. Well, a hole shaped like Derek holding a chainsaw.
1: Yeah, complete with chainsaw. It's <laughs> classic Looney Tunes 101 right there.
0: Well, inside the house, Derek is chopping up aliens with his chainsaw. Ozzy uses an alien face as a speed bag.
1: Yeah, that was sweet. That was like, it reminded me of Popeye. It yeah. just like
0: does that. It's d- d- exactly d- 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 like, d- d- like Popeye. Yeah. Yeah, uses his face as a speed bag, then kick him in the nuts. Classic Ozzy. Derek, since he's chopping up alien, has decided to top off his brains by picking up some alien brains off the floor and shoving them into the hole in the back of his head. Nothing can go wrong there, right? Eye for an eye, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe if I got some alien knowledge through this alien brain that I just smashed into my head hole, maybe maybe that would help out. It worked in District 9. (laughs) (laughs) Ozzy and Frank face off against an alien, but Derek chainsaws it in half through the wall. That was a great effect.
1: Hell yeah, that was great.
0: And at this point, Frank and Ozzy decide, you know what? The best thing we can do is just get the hell out of here. Hey, yeah. And then as they're running off, Ozzy gets shot in the leg a few times.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not just like some faceless alien. It's uh, what's his name? I think
0: it's Crumb.
1: Yeah, because he's the only one in, like, a black suit, and, uh, right. yeah, he's at the window with AK-47 he picked up, and, uh, yeah, he's shooting out the window as they're running across the lawn, tossing the leg, and then like, get get the, the bazooka, get the bazooka, and, like, Frank goes for the bazooka, and then uh, <laughs> Lord Crum shoots Ozzy in the leg again, you know? Then Frank
0: fires the bazooka. It misses Lord Crumb. He just kind of ducks out of the way flies right past Derek through the Derek-shaped hole in the wall and blows up a sheep.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He just totally (laughs) hates sheep.
0: I read that the sheep were supposed to be a running gag throughout this entire movie, and most of it got cut out. Really, the only thing we see is this one and the bit where Derek slipped in the pile of crap. Well, no,
1: because uh, right there before they see uh, what's been what called eating that guy's brains like uh, cereal, they start on like a dead sheep skull that's just like out there yeah. in the field and they pan yeah. over. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see where that is. Also, uh, there's another New Zealand movie Was called Black Sheep, and uh-huh. it's about zombie sheep. And so, yeah, like New Zealanders hate sheep. I've seen that in a <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of new zealand zombie movies and yeah whenever they just they i mean they don't kill the sheep for real but yeah they they kill a bunch of
0: well Derek has found lord crumb and crumb just kicks Derek in the nuts and heads off to his control room to prepare the house for launch he is rolling up the lawn and it's dragging frank and ozzy along with it
1: i love that it's it's (laughs) it's like the whole movie it's grass right but when he turns the rock on it drags this uh what do you call it
0: the artificial turf
1: yeah uh after or, turf. Or
0: outdoor carpet something like he's, that
1: yeah he's literally rolling up his carpet it's like and going home he's like screw you guys i'm taking my football and i'm going home I've, well I've the best it.
0: part about it i mean frank manages to roll to the edge of the of the artificial lawn and get off but then he's got to go back and rescue Ozzie. And he does, he drags Ozzy off underneath the artificial grass, real fucking grass.
1: Actual grass, yeah. Uh it's great. And then like uh you know, someone turns on the smoke machine and uh the, the house starts getting ready to blast off. And then but then and this is great, uh the house starts going eh, eh, eh. and and yeah. And uh yeah, also his as fat ass can't get the seatbelt on him. <laughs>
0: I like that he Had too much of that green, green, uh, alien puke or the night before. I guess Yeah, yeah the house starts like- to blast off Frank and Ozzy head for the woods. Uh, Derek is still in the house and the house just lifts off Rocky horror picture show style.
1: We have that, that, that alarm comes on and it's a, it's a door alarm. And I thought that was funny as hell. Like it's like, a yeah, con. all
0: the doors slam shut.
1: Yeah, he's like, what doors open? And he hits it. And then, like, it shows all the doors go. Phew, phew, phew. And it's like, oh, man, like, that's totally like something. <laughs> Where's that dinging come from? <laughs> I, I thought that was like, yeah, that, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Well, Frank gives Ozzy a cigar. And but Ozzy doesn't smoke. So Frank keeps the cigar for himself.
1: I love that, too. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, he thinks he's He's like, oh, here, here you go, brother. And he puts the cigarette in his mouth. He's like, "I don't smoke." And he just drops his head. He's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah,
0: yeah. like <laughs> go gun up. Back inside the house, Crumb uses an old dial telephone to call home. And meanwhile, Derek looks out a window and sees Earth falling away behind him. He does um, the classic,
1: uh, "What is it?" Daffy Duck, mother.
0: Yeah, it's like mother.
1: Yeah, like mother. <laughs> Yeah, I love that shot. It reminded me of Muppet, baby. Or something. He just like he moves the uh, blinds aside and there's Earth going away from the house. He's like, mommy.
0: Yeah, it's just like a cartoon. Well, Crumb is informing the, the folks at the Crumb's Crunchy Delight headquarters that he'll be home in about 20 minutes. Uh, but hang on. I hear something. Let me go check Then He leaves the <laughs> control room to go investigate and he hears a noise above him. Derek has used the chainsaw to cut a hole in the ceiling around a chandelier and drop it on Lord Crumb.
1: Yeah, like he's just like he hears this sound. He's like, what the hell is that? And it's like distant chainsaw. We know it's distant. Uh, Yeah, we know it's
0: chainsaw.
1: So, yeah, he's like he goes in this one room. He thinks it's in. And then, yeah, chandelier. You see that circle. And then the chandelier drops on his head.
0: And then Derek gives him, oh man, do the line. What does he say? And he says something. He says something. I'm not sure what he says, but he dives through that hole, chainsaw first, right into Crumb's head, crawls all the way through Crumb and comes out his butt, and like, then says, I've been reborn. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he's
1: totally gone insane at this point. He's, yeah, he's completely insane. There's and one part gone where his legs are sticking out his head and his head sticking out his butt. And he looks like, I don't know, a playing card from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he gets his head and like
0: puts it on as like a mask. He we see the house spinning through space. Yeah. And that's then the- Derek is in the control room. He's sitting in Lord Crumb's seat and he picks up the phone and says, I'm coming to get you bastards. And then we see him putting on crumbs skin. And holding just up the Putting ball. on the alien costume. And then so- back on Earth, we see the boys piling into Derek's uh Sergeant Pepper car and roll credits.
1: Roll credits. Hit the soundtrack. Hit that song. Bad taste song. Go listen to that. That's a great song. That
0: is a great song. That was a lot of
1: fun. It was great. Jeez,
0: this movie was so much fun.
1: Yeah, uh, it's one of those. I mean, you can kind of judge a book by a cover because uh, on the front of it, it's got Lord Crumb just flipping you the bird, right? And you don't know what the hell that is. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they gave him another finger, so it's a backwards peace sign, which I'm pretty sure is a rude gesture in England but uh
0: yeah it's it's basically the british version of of the bird in america um the queensland film authority actually banned this film in queensland australia yeah which resulted in the queensland film authority members all being fired and the queensland film authority being dissolved they try to put him out like i know Braindead was on the video
1: nasties. Uh there's a list that was, came out in England called the Video Nasties. And it was like right. movies that were banned up until like some of them recently, but most of them like got unbanned in the late nineties. But like yeah. Evil Death stuff, you couldn't buy that stuff in like uh England and some European countries because of this list. But yeah, Australia, they try to do that stuff with this, right? And it's like, nah, screw you. It's not really yeah. a bad movie. It's not cussing. It's gory, but it's cartoony. Right. But yeah, like it's Looney Tunes slash The Three Stooges humor.
0: Yeah, all the gore in here is cartoonish. You never really see people get hurt in realistic ways, except for Ozzy getting shot in the leg.
1: Yeah. Uh, I know it disturbs my mother. She's grossed out by this movie.
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, No, nah, you know, I, I love it. It's a family movie. Uh, if you're a film student, <clears throat> It, just watching the movie, you learn so much. That's just about how, because uh, that's how he did Lord of the Rings. Like, he wanted to do Lord of the Rings, and everybody's like, wait, and then New yeah. Line's, we'll do Lord of the Rings with you, as long as you do it for this budget. And he was like, I only need like a quarter of that, but yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and,
0: exactly. Peter Jackson had been, had really mastered frugal filmmaking, but then New Line's, uh, you know, when he went to to pitch, the Lord of the Rings movies, he said, look, uh, you know, I, I want to do one, maybe two movies out of this because he didn't think he could get more money than that. And no. New Line said, you know, we'll do it. We'll pay for it. But you've got to make a movie for each book. And it had to be this
1: much money. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I mean, after through doing the Frighteners for him. So it was like, you know, they knew he. had shots and stuff so it was like right right but uh yeah peter jackson this was a
0: great play you know i really like going back and seeing people who are legendary in their field going back to see them when they were just getting started and this is a great look at at his past and, and where he came from and you know, if you watch his movies, you see him grow and learn, and 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 it's it's wonderful. I like it. Also,
1: like yeah, cause like there's this one scene where uh, what's his name, Giles, the guy with the mustache, right? He comes around a corner and he gets out, and the background shot is like, well, <clears throat> twenty some odd years later, Peter Jackson using that same hillside to film The Shire. I mean, it's the exact same right. spot, and you're yeah. you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that. Like he knew back then.
0: I mean, apparently New Zealand is a great place to film on location. Yeah. So I posted on Facebook a few days ago about possible merch for the podcast. And we're definitely thinking about T-shirts and some other stuff. So if you guys have ideas about merch from the podcast that you'd be interested in, let us know. Yeah.
1: And if you, you know just want to like you know yell at us on facebook let us
0: know yeah facebook instagram um not so much twitter but yeah yeah facebook and instagram is definitely the way to get to us let us know what you like let us know what you don't like and what you want to see and we'll see what we can make happen hell yeah all right man that's a podcast hell yeah